0: You can't throw shade like that! My whole squad is on oif! That's super sus! It's the Going Off Podcast with Rap Critic and Muse. Wait. Rap Critic. Wh- don't be savage, Doc. How you doing? What the f- Wait, huh? Is Bugs Bunny back battle rapping again? What kind of Mickey Mouse operation goes to Disneyland? <laughs> um, uh, so, I can't find this video anywhere except for one person the original person i saw who posted it on twitter a while back journeys had a advertisement tie in with looney tunes to promote a new limited edition line of converse and they overdubbed a couple skits from looney tunes cartoons oh. to for like a modern age Boo. The one you can find on YouTube is Bugs and Daffy doing the duck season, uh, rabbit season bit, except they're arguing over low tops versus high tops. The one I'm referring to is the uh, episode where Marvin the Martian is trying to blow up the earth with his space modulator. Uh. Bugs comes in and stops him, and yeah, he throws a whole bunch of uh, modern slang in there. He walks up and says, uh, Eh, What's up, fam?
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> no.
0: I, re- I retweeted it on uh, Twitter, and he just goes, um, he goes, uh, yes, I'm going to blow up the earth with my bay." <laughs> uh stop. Stop it. <laughs> it was too cringy and too awful not to bring to everyone else's
1: attention. <laughs> Waka of Flame said something. He was talking about, like, old school cats and how they don't, like, respect the new school cats. You know, this argument that we've honestly been having since, like, the early 90s. (laughs) You
0: know, what's funny is I think every genre has this. Because you hear about uh, bro country artists these days talking about... Uh, m- mainly talking about drinking and partying. The songs even have like rap elements in them. They don't really sound like old school country and people have the old, old country versus new country argument. And the same happens with rock because mm. old rockers like Gene Simmons and whatever the fuck are talking about how rock and roll is dead and how it isn't the same genre anymore because it changed over time. And I think rap is one of the more noteworthy instances because well first of all it's a lot younger of a genre Mm -hmm. like rock and country go back decades so it still feels weird talking about old school versus new school when these old school folks are from like the 80s and 90s yeah
1: it's like this isn't that old you guys (laughs) a lot of these guys the oldest they are is like their 40s like they're not even that old it's not like you know, Rolling Stones, like these motherfuckers are in their 80s and shit.
0: And I understand what Pete Rock is saying here to an extent, where he's saying that uh, the artists today didn't have to go through what they did Okay, here, here's uh, to my make thing, a name though. For Here's themselves. my thing, though.
1: Like, if you're gonna complain, or wait, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. If you're gonna complain uh, about, like, oh, these new artists didn't go through what we had to go through, it's like, Wasn't that the point of you guys going through that? So that the newer guys wouldn't have to? Like, what are you mad about? Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, I thought the whole point of like, I thought that's what they always say. We went through that so you didn't have to do that. And it's like, yeah, that should be a point of pride. Do you want us to go through that shit again? Of labels extremely screwing people over and us not having as much access to music and things like that? It's like, do you want that? No, don't you want to make it easier? Problem
0: is also, y'all want us to accept music that don't move nothing but the young when you making music it's to inspire everyone, not just your era? I don't know about this man. He really is just coming off like bitter, shaking his fist, fucking Joe Budden ass... Like, this is why the old
1: heads get a bad reputation. Because people just, like, and, you know... I'm not necessarily... Like, like the, the polar opposite of this guy would be like Snoop Dogg, right? Where he's just like, look, it doesn't matter. Let people do their fucking thing. They want to color their hair like Cotton Candy, who gives a shit. Let them make their music. Because I think it was him that said, like... uh It was him or either T.I. said, like... Because whenever... When we was coming up and people told us what to do, we said, fuck y'all. So what the hell do you think they're going to say to us? <laughs> it was like, so there's that in a way. But then there's also, like... Okay, so these guys keep saying, oh, because you don't respect your elders, don't respect your elders. Okay, um, when Waka Flock of Flame first came out, where was you, Pete Rock, to come, uh, give him a helping hand? Where was you to give, to drop jewels on him and drop wisdom on him? No, you're only talking shit now that they're talking about you. And like, I, I just feel like personally, like, this is a respect goes both ways thing, right? I think you should be showing respect first to these younger guys to be like, look, I appreciate that you're doing this. I'm reaching out to you because I know that you're, you're out here right now. Everyone, is, everyone's eyes are on you. So I'm reaching out to you behind the scenes to drop some jewels on you. It, like, it's not, I don't think it's the responsibility of these younger rappers to reach out to the older guys. There's no, like, hip hop training program and shit where it's just like, all right, <laughs> when you come in the game, boom, we're gonna scoop you under our wing. We're gonna try to, like, hip you to what's going on. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, t- the type of shit that, like, Jay-Z would do with some of his signees and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like there's, there's nothing to that effect. And so like, yeah, when you just, when there is no older system that's really trying to take care of these younger cats, they're going to do whatever the fuck they want. And and then for you to come out of the woodwork now that I'm rich and famous and got all the success and try to act like, oh, now I should have kissed your ass this whole time. Fuck you. Someone made a point that they were like, you know, rappers today are, well, rappers back in the, like the eighties and nineties, they were the drug dealers. Rappers nowadays are the drug users. And so, like, someone made a point, like, well, you know, it was one of the rules back in the day. You don't get high on your own supply. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, you hear that all the time in the rap songs. You hear it in Ice-T songs. You hear it in Biggie songs. You know? So, like, and I think what changed is back in the 80s, it was, or really, like, early 90s to mid-90s and stuff like that. It was like, yeah, I'm the drug kingpin. I'm the guy in charge. That's where that whole thing came from, right? It's the idea that, like, I'm winning because I have control of all these people who are, you know, addicted to the drugs and stuff like that. Like, you never heard rappers brag about doing crack. The drug of today is lean and codeine and shit. You, don't, you never hear about rappers dealing codeine. You only hear about them doing it. There is this sort of sense of like, well, you guys have sort of switched the role now. You guys are the suckers now.
0: The earliest thing I could think of was the Biggie song. He's a rapper who used to deal with that shit, but he's rapping so he doesn't have to. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot safer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, why would I deal drugs? Why would I go through all that? And how often do we hear about the people from the... 90s mid to late 90s like fucking dmx and all these folks Mm -hmm. that can't get away from that shit they can't stay out of trouble Mm -hmm. i will say that while there are a few bad eggs in this current generation most of them keep their nose clean for the most part there are a few uh one of which being even mentioned by waka Flocka in this article fucking triple x who You know, love controversy, so it seems, and it follows them around. But other than that, this argument between the old heads and the new cats doing things right now sounds exactly like the Baby Boomer Millennials blame game Mm -hmm. of... Man, you don't know what hard is because you didn't have to do what we did. It's like, dude, you fucking made it the way it is that that's why we're doing what we're doing now. Like, you can't blame anybody but yourself. Like, shouldn't
1: you be saying, please take advantage of the way we made things easier? Instead of going like, oh, well, you shouldn't do it. Like, what? Why? (laughs) It's like, well, maybe you shouldn't have done it.
0: Do people like Pete Rock just expect every generation to try to reinvent the wheel start from scratch, go through the exact same struggle, like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It's why I'm saying it just sounds like a bitter dude who, I mean, I've never heard anyone talk shit about Pete Rock. Like, I only hear people say, like, hey, you know, uh, fucking Pete Rock and stay all smooth. He had some really solid albums back in the day. I don't hear people talking shit. I don't know if it's even coming down to, like, doing shit for the sake of attention, you know, or what they would be to be bitter about. But I mean I'm just gonna say at the end of the day here, I was listening to uh to um Talib Kwali's new album that mm-hmm. dropped last week. I don't see Pete Rock on there anywhere, but I do see Waka Flock of Flame. So hmm. <laughs> that's all the fucking evidence I need. People do respect these young cats. If they're whether or not they're extremely talented or not, even Walk of Flock of Flame's verse on that song wasn't bad. He even straight up says like, Y'all say I'm a rapper, well here I'm gonna prove it. And he does. <laughs> It's a solid verse. It's not bad. If they're so desperate for wanting to get back in the attention of the modern listener and get their names in people's mouths again, why don't they collaborate with these folks? Yeah. Like you were saying with Jay-Z, put on some new people. Stamp your name on approval if it means so much. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're if you did so much for the industry and your name is going to hold some weight in 2017, yeah,
1: it would mean something for you to collab with them.
0: It would mean something for you to criticize them too because people would be like, "Oh shit. Fucking Pete Rock said some shit? Well, Walk of Flock of Flame really must be doing something bad."
1: And and not just like criticizing them in public, like maybe just going like, "Hey, let me hit you up in the studio. Let's hang out." Let me listen to your stuff. Let me hear what you're doing. You know what I mean? And boom, I'm not just talking about to you about music. I might be talking to you about the industry. I might be talking to you about this. You know what I mean? And it's like, really talk to people and don't put this shit on social media because all it does is antagonize.
0: And is, and is Pete Rock really going to act like folks from his time period weren't doing songs that didn't have anything to say? <laughs> Dude! Like, weren't fucking Pete Rock and C.L. Smooth around at the same time of all like the party rap and shit? Like, what was that things aren't much different.
1: What was that one song? Uh uh the bum stingity-bum stingity bum hum. I got the rope bum hum so I can fee fi fo diddly fum here I come. That didn't mean anything. <laughs> it was just shit. It just sounded yeah. cool.
0: <laughs> what qualifies as substance now? Is he talking about like the lyrics or the production? Because there's songs that I don't that I don't really care for lyric-wise that you know, they still bump. I still like them. I still like them for the beat. I'll still listen for them that way. That's how I feel about most Migos songs. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't really care for most of what they're talking about in most of the songs, but, like... Bad and Bougie is a pretty great song for, like, the music. The beat's great. I like the flow. Even if some of it's dumb. Even if half of Lil Uzi Vert's verse isn't really all that great either. It's like, (laughs) I still like that song. You know, like, what is substance? Is it just at the end of the day you don't like what he's doing?
1: We're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Hip Hop Hall of Fame, and Museums. Where are you at in any of that? It's like, okay, for you to ask that question is stupid. Because it's like... These guys are only like 16 to 17. They literally can't be in the fucking Hall of Fame yet. They don't have the age to be in the Hall of Fame. Like, what type of question is that? Where were you guys when that was happening? They were in their fucking dad's nuts. Like, what are you talking about?
0: And, and Walker makes a really good point. He says, these are fucking kids. Literally fucking kids. Like, even going back to Soulja Boy and Ice-T, trust me, this pains me to give this much credit to goddamn Soldier Boy. But fucking Crank That Soldier Boy was self produced. And it was huge. Has Ice T in his day produced a song by himself that early on in his career that did nearly as well as Crank That Soldier Boy? Kids today are doing so much for their brand and their image. There's a lot that goes into being a popular hip-hop artist today, that people back then didn't have to deal with. They didn't have to deal with their social media presence. They didn't have to worry about keeping up Instagram and Twitter and all of this stuff, keeping up their public image. They were on, what, they appeared on MTV once or twice a month just to show off how much money they got, maybe do an episode of Cribs. But other than that, they were just touring. Like, there's a whole bunch of new set of, pressure and responsibilities that these kids
1: do have to deal with that these old heads had no idea what any of that even was you know ice t didn't have the ability to to have like a big number one hit when he first came out because hip-hop was more underground but it's like shouldn't you of all people the older cats shouldn't you guys be like congratulations this is awesome that from what we built now it's in the mainstream and you have to accept it now you have to accept what this this originally black music is like, isn't that cool? Like, I might not personally like exactly what they're doing, but just, like, you as someone who create, helped create what it is today, especially Ice-T, someone who was creating, like, the some of the most foulest shit that people were hating at the time, you know? Like, you will all people should be like, yeah, dude, this is fucking cool. Like, fuck you if you don't like it, because we said fuck you and you didn't like our shit. And then, you know, you come in saying, we we like that you guys are able to do your thing. However learn from what we were kind of doing learn from like think about why uh, a label would not want you to make more uh interesting thought-provoking music think about why things have changed from there to now so you come in with a congratulations on your success because that's awesome that a young black man is able to do this but you might want to think about making music that that should that would mean more because when we did that it it, it was what elevated hip-hop to this place. So, you should carry on that legacy so we can elevate it to the next level. You know what I'm saying? Like, that would be a cool way to do that. Problem is, all y'all want us to accept music that don't move nothing but the young. When you're right. making music, it's to inspire everyone, not just your era. Like, what are you talking about? I remember Karis That is such bullshit. Yeah, like, back in the day, they were like, man, we're not doing that 80s rap stuff. This is the new style, the 90s style. Like, you guys are saying that all the time!
0: <laughs> inspire everyone. Like, now I'm just thinking about like beastie boys and shit you think they were trying to fucking make music for people of all ages <laughs> like, what is he even getting at with that that literally makes absolutely no sense yeah,
1: it's funny to me because it's like even like back then they were talking about oh this is the new school y'all the old school even though rap was like not even like 10 years old at the time <laughs> and then like Like, at least when people say new school, old school now, it actually makes sense, because there's some sort of generational gap, at least. Like, y'all were doing that division shit when it didn't even make sense. (laughs) When y'all guys were still in the same fucking high school, it's just one of you guys was a uh, freshman and one of you was a senior, you know?
0: (laughs) I forget who said it on the show. It was a guest we had on. It was either Kill Bill or Rev, and it really stuck with me about, like, just make the music you want to make. Like, why would you care, unless you're absolutely about that bottom line, and you're even going against what Pete Rock is even saying, because then you're not even making it for the people, you're making it for the label, you're making it for the money, why wouldn't you just make what inspires you, why wouldn't you just make the music that you want to make, and what makes you feel good, and the music that you want to hear, because I imagine that's what most artists do, like, they would make the music that they themselves would want to hear. Or, man, radio is missing this. The scene is missing this. I'm going to make this and put this out there to fill that void. They're not thinking about everyone. And that doesn't make them bad people. It doesn't make them selfish. It makes them artists. It makes them people who actually want to create.
1: You would think that, like, rap critics, You know, like, these critics, oh, they should totally be on the old school guy's side, right? It only makes sense, doesn't it? But it's like, the more I read this, the more I'm just like, yeah, your point doesn't really... This is more bitterness than actual, like, making a point. Like, I'm not saying you can't be bitter and be making a point, but this purely sounds like bitterness. Like, if he was still producing big hits today, I don't think he would have made this. I don't think he would have made this rant, because Jay-Z's not making this rant. Snoop Dogg's not making this rant. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Guys who are still making hits and relevant in the industry, they're never complaining like this. Snoop might say something like, yeah, you guys need to respect your elders, da, da, da. but he never goes on it like this.
0: And notice, by the way, you never hear people go after people like Jay-Z or Snoop either, because they fucking have respect for the young kids.
1: Yeah. I mean, sometimes people go after Jay-Z whenever he says something that's criticizing. And, and that's another point, like... There's going to be backlash against this phrase, uh, against what he's saying, purely because uh, I didn't even hear what your argument is. You're old and therefore you're wrong. You know, there are people who are like that, right? You can't just dismiss it just because it's an older guy saying it. It's about what he's actually saying that needs to be brought up and 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 duly uh, duly refuted, you know, with actual reasons, which I think that we actually gave.
0: And before we get comments from, from folks, because I'm sure it'll happen... I did just realize in my head after I said that comment about Jay Z respecting the young kids today, there were two instances blatantly on 444, one of which saying, um, "Y'all hold money up to your head. We don't call that money where I'm from or all that shit." I forget the exact words. Uh, and then there was the other song where he says, uh, "Y'all have the same fucking flow. I can tell who is who." So I don't know. <laughs> maybe he's taking his cheap the same shots. fucking
1: flow, though. There are some. Oh yeah, absolutely. But. At the same time, he still had big hits. People was bumping that shit. Story of OJ, people was bumping that. 444, people were bumping that. You know what I'm saying? Because it wasn't all just old head rants. He was actually making a point. And he's someone that you especially want to listen to because he's still getting money. His critiques do not come from bitterness. They come from... They sound like they're coming from honest to goodness, you guys are boring. (laughs) you guys aren't doing something that's interesting it doesn't sound like well you guys should have been kissing my ass this whole time no it sounds like why ain't y'all doing more (laughs) you know what i mean so so uh, i want to get to 21 savage's response because he said why do so many of these og rappers judge the new generation they say we make drug user music like making drug selling music is better (laughs) what's the difference Yeah, <laughs> And now when he says that, I think there is a small difference because, like I said, when you're the drug seller, you're the guy who's getting over. When you're the drug user, you're the sucker, right? You know, you're the sucker who's spending the money. You're You're the one who's created the habit that you have to keep coming back to and have to keep giving money to someone else. And rap is usually supposed to be about... I am the master of everything. No one's taken me for a loop. You know what I mean? But when you're literally addicted to drugs, that's kind of what that is. You are the sucker. You are the one who is giving money in order to feed this habit. Yeah, people talk about weed and alcohol, but like, that's not the same as crack. You know what I'm saying? That's not the same as being addicted to heroin. Rappers didn't brag about being addicted to heroin, but for rappers to do it now... It's definitely a lot more dangerous because there is the whole factor of, like, you guys are literally painting yourself as the suckers now. You know, the guys who are addicted to this shit and have to give money to it. You know, like, if this is back in the day, you would be brag about selling codeine, not doing it. It's that's a
0: bad example either way. It's easier to relate to. To be the drug user, because I imagine most people Mm -hmm. listening to the radio are are more likely to be using than selling. While it's not exactly something you would want to promote, like, something I absolutely hate about certain bands from the 70s, like, take, for example, the Velvet Underground. Uh, Lou Reed has, you know, he's held on such a high regard, but a lot of his music was fucking glamorizing heroin addiction and all this shit, and it's like, none of that shit was really worth celebrating so to speak you know so it's like i really don't want to say these rappers are doing something better by saying hey no i'm not selling drugs i'm not ruining other people's lives i'm only potentially ruining mine i guess that's better (laughs)
1: It is marginally a, better. It is in more a, in honorable. A cosmic sort of way. Yeah <laughs> but yeah, but but actually, the, now there's a point that you're bringing up, right? It's the idea that this is more relatable. Someone having to go through shit is a lot more relatable than someone who's, you know, I'm on top of everything and I'm better than you guys. Mm. I just wish the artists when they did that, like like Danny Brown, when he yeah. does that, it makes for a lot better art because I really do feel like he's a, a, he is addicted to this substance. Mm when a lot of artists do it, it just feels like they're doing it because they think it's cool. Like, when Lil Pump does his song, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, like, when he talks about doing drugs in that song, I don't get the feeling. There's no emotional weight to to him talking about doing drugs. Mm. It just feels like this is supposed to be cool. And it's like, there should be at least something in there that, like, Hey, maybe if you're not listening to it, it sounds cool. But if you take like an extra second, you'd be like, oh, shit, wait a minute. He's actually not glamorizing this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's
0: actually talking about worrying that it's going to ruin his life. I remember that was a big point on um, Atrocity Exhibition that I appreciated so much was like, yeah, there were were some songs about just like, hey, free will and drug use or whatever, but then there were other ones of like, is this shit going to end my life? Like, is this going to be the
1: last hit I ever take? You know, hey, there are going to be some elements where you're having fun at a party and it's just like, I'm just doing this because I'm hanging out, huh? But then like when you get home and you're still doing it, then it's just like, oh, this isn't just for fun. This is actually a problem for me. You know, you need to have those moments that make it real. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like a lot of artists don't have that. It's all just, no, absolutely nothing wrong with taking all the codeine in the world. It's so great. It's like, no, it's not, you know? And so I feel like that might be part part of the problem. But for the artists that do actually bring something to it, at least for the, the general idea that, you know, it is cool. If you come out talking about how you're addicted to lean you know, people aren't going to be like, what? Get the fuck out of here. Like, it's going to be, it's just going to be part of the zeitgeist now. You know, to be addicted to lean, to be addicted to this, that, and the third. They're both kind of bad. To be the drug dealer and the drug user. But, uh, I think people want more music that relates to them nowadays. And I think, yeah, part of that is there are a lot of people that are addicted to drugs and here is someone who's telling you that it's okay because I'm doing it too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, And it's sort of a... It's sort of a uh, a reassuring thing. Like, it, you know, it, you ever, like, failed on a test, and then, like, you're like, oh, man, I, I fucked up on that one. And then you hear someone else say, yeah, I fucked up on that, too. And then it's like, you feel better, because you're just like, at least I'm not alone. Yeah, you know? huh And I think there's that aspect of it. It's like, there are a lot of people that are dealing with so much stress in the world, and they're they're doing certain drugs in order to to get by. And then they hear someone else saying that they're doing them, too, and they're just like okay, I feel slightly better now. I'm not alone because someone else is doing this too. And he sounds like he's got a smile on his face, so so maybe I can put the smile on my face too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, it's serving a certain purpose. Whether or not that's actually good for people. That's <laughs> yeah, another argument, he, yeah. says, artists been snorting cocaine and smoking crack since the 70s and 80s. Did y'all forget that? Now, that is true. <laughs> Rappers, like, you know, like I said, uh, guys like DMX, you know, this guy's cracked out of his fucking mind, you know what I mean, and that was a big problem, that's part of what ruined his career, part of a lot of artists, you know, uh, if you, if you probably went back and did, like, let's see what all the art, the rappers from the 90s are doing, a lot of them probably, you know, coked out, you know what I'm saying, strung out on this, that, and the third, wasted all their fucking money, you know what I'm saying, it's like, so, that's true, but at the same time, I don't like the point wasn't that hey look at us being losers snorting all of this uh, snorting cocaine and doing all this shit the point is look at us succeeding and I think that was a big thing about like 90s rap in their fantasy it was look at us succeeding you know Uh, and I think the difference now is yeah there's the look at us succeeding but it's like look at us also giving in to our addictions
0: you know I think I just found the one line that pisses me off more than anything else, Pete Rock said in this whole thing. Because I was reading over it, trying to find out if he was taking specific shots against folks who were rapping about drugs or if he was just talking about the new folks uh, in general. Uh, he does say our generation didn't experiment with pills and syrup or anything synthetic, which, you know, speak for yourself, Pete. You know, I wouldn't say yeah, that that's, nobody. That's a good point. Yeah, How the fuck can't. do you know? But the line that pisses me off the most is where he says, Just make better music and spit like an MC. Just make better music. That's subjective. Yeah, it's like, according
1: to who? (laughs) That brings it down to, yeah, you just don't fucking like it. Because there are some people who are like, dope as fuck as rappers, right? But they're singing. And so someone like Pete Rock would automatically dismiss it. Oh, they're singing. They're not good rappers.
0: Yeah, y'all different, but nothing of what Nas, KRS, Kane, Jay-Z, or any official rapper has ever taught you. So now apparently there's official rappers, and they all gotta be from the same early 90s, late 80s generation. So, if you don't sound like these five people that I hold in such high regard, you're not an official rapper? He's so up his own goddamn ass it drives me insane! Like, I was reading this to see, like I said, if he had problems of people talking about, like, because you were saying the whole thing about drug users being the suckers now and they're not respecting that, so I was reading through it to seeing if that was a specific point. He apparently doesn't have an issue with just that, it's just the style of what they're doing, which I lead to believe, and this is just speculative here, because he's talking about Lil Uzi Vert, he's talking about Triple X, but how far does this go? Like, if there were other folks, like Amine comes to mind right away, or Kari that we talked about last week, who, they're not rapping about the same shit that rappers from the OFFICIAL rappers uh, were talking about. So, does that make them trash, too? Is suddenly what any young rapper today, they don't have the heart and the soul, they're not making music for everyone, they're just making
1: music for themselves? nothing he doesn't make a single good point once again there there is a point for him to be like hey you know you guys uh you're standing on the 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 shoulders of giants right like i i think that's a good point it's just like because if it weren't for if it weren't for ice T, if it weren't for nwa we wouldn't have soldier boy music would have gone in some other direction you know and but it's like but isn't that what you guys wanted did you not, like I said earlier, did you not want to make it easier for people? And if you make it easier for people, you know what? There's going to be some people who do it kind of shittily. That's the price you're going to have to pay. Just like at the time, there were some people who did it shittily back then. You know? It's just we don't remember who the fuck they were. <laughs> Because time allows us to forget those people. But uh 20, 21 Savage continues, right? Instead of judging, how about y'all make a change? If the message in the previous generation of rap, this is a good point. If the message in the previous generations of rap was so good, why did so many of our parents abandon us for crack? Why are we still killing each other? Don't oh. use us as a scapegoat. Dude, that's a good fucking point right there. Oof. Wow. <laughs> if that if that shit from back then was so great and moved so many people, why ain't shit better?
0: We gave 21 Savage a lot of shit in the album review, but I'ma put him in the column of the folks that, uh, you know, I'm willing to separate how they are in real life from the music because... He seems like a pretty cool dude. A lot of these young folks do. Lil Uzi seems pretty cool. Uh, Lil Yachty seems like a real down-to-earth dude. Like, these people, they're thinking things out. They're thinking things through a lot more than fucking Pete Rock is.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But that's a great point. Like, he's just like... The way that I, I would expand upon that point is that it's like, music back then... Not all of it was supposed to be uplifting. Some of it was supposed to be relaying back the reality of what was going on. And so you know what music is doing today? It's relaying back the reality of what's going on. He even says, our music is a reflection of what's going on in our community. And all we're doing is using our talent to escape that. Mm. And rappers back then said that all the time. Rappers back then, they were always saying like, I'm not trying to be a hero. I'm just trying to feed my kids, motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? It was always a fuck you, I got mine mentality from a lot of those songs. Yeah. You know? So let's not act like this shit is brand new. And I'm going to keep saying that. Old, old, old school, new school need to learn, though. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's fucking the going off message for y'all. We're always going to keep it real. I don't give a shit if you're old school or new school. You make fucking... Good music. Don't be an asshole. <laughs> you know what I'm saying.
0: This week on the Going Off podcast, we've got another Patreon requested album review. Woo. This album has been requested by William. William just who? just William. He knows who he is. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love that you can just name yourself anything on Patreon, so it's just like, oh yeah, I'm William.
1: Uh, There was this one guy who named himself Donald Trump. should have a cactus forcibly inserted into his anus. And I was like, (laughs) well shit, he didn't give me any other name that I should call him, so...
0: Oh yeah, I remember that! (laughs) Dude, I was watching the end of a uh, ContraPoints video, and she lists like... All of the Patreon supporters, mm-hmm. and it's funny because it like it isn't just like a list of names. It's just random sentences in there sometimes. <laughs> but yeah, this is just William. And if you want to be a cool kid like William, it's a one-time forty-dollar pledge to either Patreon.com/RapCritic or Patreon.com/Muse. This week we're talking about Killer Mike's album R.A.P. from 2012. And the first collaboration of sorts between uh, what would eventually be known as uh, Run the Jewels. Almost every song on the album is co written by uh, Killer Mike and LP, and LP is featured on uh,
1: what are the tracks? Yeah, it, it's basically like a proto Run the Jewels album.
0: It, it felt like it
1: at times. Listening to this album, uh, and ju- just to be sure, it's called Rap mm-hmm. Music. Just in case anyone gives a shit. Yeah,
0: it uh, it stands for um, hold on, I just had it. It it stands for something.
1: It's like uh, it's like the religion of African people or something like that.
0: Oh um, it stands for rebellious African people.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, mm, I was listening to this album, and first of all, yeah, I totally got the run run the jewels feel. <laughs> But also, like, all right, so, like, it's interesting. The first couple of tracks are just kind of chill-ass, just, like, this is just Southern rap music. Enjoy it for what it is. We got fucking Bun B and T.I. on this shit. You know what this is. And then, like, a couple of tracks in, he just, he just gets fucking serious. (laughs) And for the rest (laughs) of the album, it's just like, all right, but seriously, I'm not fucking around with you guys. (laughs) And it's interesting, he says, like, I'm not a political rapper. That that, that was the big thing that he said, but it's like, I think what's interesting about his music is that it doesn't come off as, like, I didn't get that he was trying to be like Chuck D. I got that he was telling us his life, and through the truthfulness of what his life is, that politicalness came out, right?
0: Yeah, it's like when we talk about Christian rappers. You know, Kendrick isn't a Christian rapper, but he's christian you know he has mm-hmm. that but he doesn't make that about his stuff it's kind of in the same vein of what you got with killer mike he might not be a quote political rapper but that doesn't mean he isn't going to be political every so often you have big
1: beast which is awesome untitled which i remember i was looking at the track and i was just like oh, oh man this song's awesome what's the name of this one? oh it's just untitled
0: yeah okay
1: <laughs> seems a little unambitious but all right <laughs> but uh yeah so dude the Oh my God. There's one lurking in here. Where he says, um and just the passion with which he says shit. Like he says, um, that's why I'm giving honor to all these baby mamas. It takes a woman's wound to make a Christ or Dalai Lama. The world might take that child, turn that child into a monster. The Lord will take a monster and fashion him a saint. I present you Malcolm X for those who say that he can't. I was like, Dude, holy shit. (laughs) Because, like, if you know who Malcolm X was before he became Malcolm X, it's just Mm. like, yeah, that's true. It's just like, you know, but through, you know, him finding religion, it changed him from uh, the horrible person that Malcolm X used to be. Jesus Christ, if you read his autobiography, he was a piece of shit. Yeah. Like, he did this one fucking thing, like, he literally played Russian roulette with, like, two or three of his closest friends to make sure they were loyal. Then we get to song number three, which was Go, which I kind of, it was It was just sort of a hype song. I felt like it could have been left off. It felt like just more like the intro into Southern Fried, honestly. Like an overly long intro, but it was just like... All right, that was that was that. Okay,
0: I, I think I think this is the second album in a row where we've differed on a song like that because I really liked that song because it was so hype. Because um, wasn't it on? Oh yeah, on Kari's the song where it was like. Um, thirst anthem or whatever oh yeah yeah and you're like "Eh, yeah whatever you could leave that (laughs) off and i was like oh that song was fun i i think we just differ on that which is like if a song is pointless but it's cool and you know has a good beat i'm like Mm -hmm. yeah i like that like that one stood out to me a lot because it was so different from the rest of the album because it was so more like energetic which Mm -hmm. is the thing about killer mike is that he might not always have the most charisma but mm. he makes up for it with what he's saying. Yeah, uh, He's definitely picked up. Th- he's amped that up since definitely. on the uh, Run the Jewels album. And I would go ahead and say this, as far as what this album, like you said that this was a prototypical um, Run the Jewels album. I would agree in the sense that I've, I've said before that the Run the Jewels albums improve uh, incrementally. Like, three is better than two, two is better than one. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't remember if one was as good as rap music, but I wouldn't 100% say that I enjoyed rap music more than any Run the Jewels album that I've listened to that I mm. remember all that well. Not to say that it's a bad album, because it isn't. It's uh, it's a really great album. Fucking
1: but JoJo's chillin'.
0: <laughs> Jojo's Chillin', Reagan. Oh my god, Reagan. Oh my god.
1: Uh the
0: it was it was a solid album, but and I'm I'm going to ha- go ahead and spoil it. I probably couldn't give it a solid 5 only because while it was a great album, it was very solid, not a lot of the album stuck with me afterwards. Like, there were some songs that really did, but then there's other ones that I either don't remember all that well or they didn't just, they didn't stick with me, so I would probably give it, like, either a 4.25 or a 4.5. I don't want to compare it to the Run the Jewels albums, but I can't help but do that to an extent because I've heard him do, in my opinion, better. They don't need each other, but they complement each other enough that... The Run the Jewels project, to me, is more enjoyable than Killer Mike on his own or LP on his own. Like, they build off of each other really well. And that's why that one song that they do on here kind of stood out. Because you can kind of
1: see where they're eventually going to go. I, I would actually give it that four, four and a half as well. Because, uh, like I said, there are some moments that are, like, fucking transcendental. Um... Like Willie Burke Sherwood. Um just <sighs> Ghetto Gospel is just a song that like it's just one of those songs I could just listen to forever. I don't know, it just sounds so good. Like just the way it's like Lord, Glory Jesus <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, because it's like, so much of what he does is so like hard and forceful. And so to hear this chorus where he's just like, just doing it real soft, and you just hear the mesmerizing sort of like chord progression in the background. I don't know, that one just works for me. Um Like I said, Untitled was so goddamn dope. Um Yeah, I, like I could see like the earlier songs sort of being the things that don't make it like perfect, right? But then when you get into JoJo's Chillin'. That's just a good story. I love how everything that happens in that story is just like, this guy just happens to get by off of fucking coincidences. (laughs) Like, it's just like, oh shit, I was about to be in trouble for this, but uh, the stewardess didn't like that old chick, so she got her in trouble instead of me. Phew (laughs) It's like, oh shit, the police are about to check me for uh you know, uh I I saw the drug dogs coming, but apparently they came because the uh the the stewardess on the plane was cooking. Phew (laughs) It's just like goddamn Um and then like ghost face killer shows up randomly like what Like, but I don't know. Like, is Ghostface Killer supposed to be like, is it like in that episode of the Boondocks where he's just like a spirit that just visits people every now and then? Oh, yeah. Uh. It's, just, it's just a good, it's just an interesting story. And of course, we get Reagan. Ugh. Oh my god. Dude, please tell, like, were you as pissed as I was when you heard that first sample with Reagan uh. going, We did not sell anything to terrorists. And then right after the first verse, so I mean, I'm pretty sure I didn't, but like, I, I, I mean, it, it, we might have.
0: <laughs> it was just like, He's like, dude, uh, everything in my heart wants me to believe that that is true, but it isn't.
1: Like you know, <laughs> like I you fucking piece of shit. I you hate piece Reagan. He
0: is the hmm. Is he the second worst president of my life, or uh, the third? I don't know if he or Bush. Junior they're in a tie in a Reagan tie. might be Worse only because I never really got An overtly racist feel From Bush as much as I did From uh from Reagan mm-hmm. uh, George W. Bush didn't Ignore AIDS like uh, yeah, Reagan that's, a good, point. that's a good point Reagan is a piece of shit I-, I would say Reagan is the second worst president Of my yeah, life yeah but hearing Him In a man in 2012 At the time When Obama's president and hearing that, I would be super fucking mad. Here's why I wasn't as mad in (laughs) 2017. Because I'll tell you, it was damn refreshing to hear a fucking president admit he was wrong about something. (laughs) You will never, ever, ever, ever hear the current president. I'm not going to say his name because I want this episode to be uh, monetized. You will never (laughs) hear Him admit he was wrong or say, hey, I fucked up. At least Reagan did that one time that I know of (laughs) the entire rest of his eight year presidency. But, um, there was that one time where so at least he had the humility to be like, eh, (laughs) my bad
1: (laughs) better than nothing. But, uh. But oh my god, when he had that one lyric, he said, But thanks to Reaganomics, prisons turn the profits because free labor is the cornerstone of U.S. economics. Dude, mm. if that shit is not the truest shit any rapper has ever said. Because yeah. slavery was abolished unless you are in prison. You think I am bullshitting? Then read the 13th Amendment. And he basically just goes to lay out how it's like, yeah, slavery is still a thing. It's just, it's with the, you know, slavery works through using the dregs of society. The people that society deems that they don't like. And at one point, it was black people. And now, mm-hmm. it's just people who have committed crimes. We decide that they don't deserve anything. So we're just not willing to you know deal with the shit. Sure, yeah, throw them away. You know, uh, uh, lo- throw, throw them under the jail and, and throw away the key. You know what I'm saying? And But what people don't realize is companies exploit our thirst for revenge and our lack of follow-up on a story after it's done right yeah like oh some drug dealer went to jail doesn't matter but then you read about how like you know maybe he's being uh put in on trumped up charges where it's like wow he didn't do anything that was that bad but because he doesn't have a good enough lawyer he's gonna see a whole lot excuse me he's gonna see a whole lot more jail time than the typical person would just because he like for instance, um, because he decides to plead the case as opposed to just taking a plea deal. Like, oh, if mm. you take a plea deal, uh, we'll only put you in jail for 10 years. But if you try to, like, if you actively try to go against us sentencing you this thing, we're gonna give you even more time for no reason. Like, not even based on the actual crime that you did, just because we know no one's gonna care to help you. Yeah, You know, like, shit like that. Like, mm-hmm. oh, we're, we're going to punish you for wasting our time in having to try to deliberate <laughs> yeah. this shit. And it's just like, holy shit. Like, that shows how much people don't fucking care. And then at the end where they do the the Ronald 6, Wilson 6, Reagan 6. Oh, that was great. <laughs> That's been a long-standing thing in black culture where it's just like, yeah, Ronald Reagan's the devil because because the the the, 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 the <laughs> letters. <laughs> I just love hearing that like manifested in songs because it's like you know like you know just being in black the black community like you hear shit like that growing up and it's just funny to hear somebody officially put it in a song like that where it's just like <laughs> cause, you get it because <laughs>
0: you know. You know um, I will say I was fortunate enough to grow up in a home where m- my parents knew enough people that were affected by Reaganomics, that they knew he was a piece of shit, so that was instilled in me, <laughs> because they were surrounded by people who were unemployed and hurt a lot from his terrible ec- uh, economic policies and all of that. So there's, there's at least one white couple from um, <laughs> New Jersey who were equally aware of uh, how yeah. terrible he was, so it hasn't been lost on me. <laughs> now, earlier when you said that the first half of the album or whatever is, you know, where the songs that could, you could possibly cut them or whatever. I disagree with that a little bit. Really? Um, not? I thought the album, while I'll, I'll say the album lost a little bit of speed in the sense of its uh, veracity, how f- uh, ferocious it was. It was very intense up front, and then it kind of mellowed out a little bit towards the end to where I am a bigger fan of the first half than I am the second half. Mm. And if you were to ask me, I would say the title track could be cut off. What? No. I didn't, really, this, I didn't care for that one as much.
1: That was the soul of the whole album. That was the point.
0: You could have put that in a different song. It wasn't that great I mean, of a song. I mean, te- it was technically
1: ghetto gospel again, but... <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Ghetto Gospel could be the fucking heart and soul of the album. With rap music, it's just like, hey, I'm going to list all these things. Yeah, I, I can feel and you on that. I'm not religious, but it's like, okay, I got it. I, I got all these points mm-hmm. f- throughout the album. And if you need a title track,
1: call Ghetto Gospel Well, there already kind of done is uh, a pretty famous Tupac song called Ghetto Gospel. That might have been made his work a little derivative if he would have did that. <laughs> Then you have Don't Die. I love this storytelling track. First of all, it starts off with sampling Dick Gregory fucking rest in peace to the legend. Dude, oh my god, I I just gotta say this. There's sometimes you just gotta say this just because you just like the feeling of saying it too, you know? He says, how come... With the thousands of black cops in America, you ain't never picked up the paper and turned on the TV or the news and seen white folks crying cause a black cop shot my loved one in the back of the head cause he thought the cell phone he had was a gun. How come you don't see that? You think black cops are more spiritual? You think they're better qualified? No. It's because they have enough sense to know that white folk ain't gonna tolerate that shit. And the only reason they do, uh, they do to us what they do is cause you tolerate it. And he says, and I'm not telling you to not chastise these young men for selling drugs, and doing all that shit, but I don't see you, those same people, chastise the police for what they do. I was like, fuck yes, thank you. And the thing is, in, in the past couple of years, there has been like one or two stories of like a black guy shooting uh, a white person. Like, uh, there was that African dude. Uh, I can't remember where he was from, but he had like, you know, there was this Australian woman came up to the car and he just like reacted and just shot her in the face or whatever. But you know what happened to him? He was fired immediately, fucking immediately. There was no deliberation. There was no, let's try to figure out. He was gone. All these fucking cops, whenever they do it to black kids, it's like, oh, well, he's going to go on paid vacation. No, 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 no. Only when people press the fucking uh, L.A. County or whatever uh, county it is, only when they press their feet to the fire, they finally go, oh, I guess we should finally do something about it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it just shows you the difference, you know? No matter what he would have said after that, it would have been a good song. But <laughs> but also he like tells a story about like... And also he, like, he talks about how these... The police are sort of fucking with them. Makes a connection between him and um, and Hampton. You know who he was, right? No, Oh, dude, he was one of the leaders of the Black Panther uh, movement. Ah, uh. who was shot, and they, uh, uh the fucking bullshit ass cops wanted to make it like, uh, oh, he answered the door and he started shooting at us, so we had to shoot him back, right? Hmm. Uh, That was the the official story that the police put out. But then when, like, you know, like, actual forensics went in and, like, uh, uh, looked at, you know, the shots and stuff like that, they saw, like, there was, like, 40-something, 50-something shots that were projected into the the house, and there was literally only one shot that went out, and it was a shot that went up, like, to the ceiling because he was shot so quickly he didn't have time to fucking react and so the any shot that came out was to the ceiling and that i mean if a shot goes up to the ceiling that means he has already been shot and he his finger is just reacting you know what yeah. i'm saying
0: huh this is 2012 i want to remind people because it seems like the news has just been inundated well you know you'll notice not so much anymore but um last year and the year before that, it was like every other day there was a news story about some unarmed or unjustifiably, in some other way, murdered um, black people. In most cases, uh, by police. And then there's an investigation, and oh, lo and behold, you know, no wrongdoing. He found here, and the uh, and the cops get to walk free. It's happened here locally. We felt the effects of that. Um, very few places haven't at this point. I'm sure most people listening have a story of their community affected in some way, shape, or form by this. But yeah, this is 2012. Uh, I want people to make note of that. If you know you weren't being beat over the head with stories of this shit back then, that uh, this isn't anything new.
1: And this is before when motherfuckers were like, oh, the ramping up of... Uh, uh, people talking about police brutality happened in 2013. This is literally the year before that.
0: <laughs> yeah, so fuck off.
1: <laughs> but dude, this is some serious shit. It's good fucking music. Like, yeah. it's it's purely enjoyable. Like I said, I give it that four and a half out of five. Mm-hmm. Definitely check this one out. Don't skip this one. Uh, I'm I'm, I'm actually I'm more just kind of like mad that I couldn't recommend this to you guys sooner. <laughs>
0: Well, that about does it for this week's episode of the Going Off Podcast. Thank you very much for checking us out. Uh, Hope you had a uh, fine holiday uh, this week if you decided to celebrate with your friends, family, alone. However you decided to celebrate uh, this past Thursday, uh, hope you had a good one. Yeah, we don't judge. uh, (laughs) Absolutely not. And whoever you decide to enjoy the rest of the holiday season, if at all, do you, is all we're going to say. Absolutely no judgment here. Uh, Make the best of it. Um, if this is your first time listening to us on the Going Off Podcast, all of our old episodes are on SoundCloud and iTunes. Check us out there. Just search Going Off Podcast on iTunes and subscribe, or it's just soundcloud.com slash Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Help us out on Patreon.
1: And until next week, for the Going Off Podcast,
0: I'm Muse. And I'm
1: the Rap Critic. I think that guys are afraid to talk about, um issues of consent and things like that, because they're so afraid of being affiliated with it, right? It's like, if I just don't say anything, and, you know, maybe maybe they won't think about it around me, right? Or, or on the other hand, like, you know, I'm a good person, I would never do that, so I don't want to think about it. But the thing is, if you don't think about it, that's what facilitates you falling into that, you know, falling into you perpetuating it, you know what I'm saying? And... Honestly, I found that, like, if you do ha- are, are willing to have that conversation, women are a lot more willing to be open with you. Just as if you're willing to talk about race, black people are a lot more willing to be more open with you. In fact, it's usually the white people that want to not talk about race so badly that, like, black people will be kind of skeptical about sometimes. Like, I know around me, like, if, the, if there's this guy who's just like, oh, uh, I, I just don't want to talk about it, da-da-da, like, after that white dude leaves the room, it's just like... Well, now I'm kind of worried that he might actually be super racist because he really doesn't want to talk about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so it's like, it's like if you just like fucking be willing to have the conversation at least. I think that makes people a lot more comfortable with you. I think what people uh, guys think is that oh, if we talk about this sexual you know, misconduct and things like that, that will create tension, right? What these guys don't realize is, as far as women is concerned, there already is tension. They already are kind of concerned about being around guys because there's been so many times where guys have not respected their boundaries. If she looks really good today, assume she's heard it already. You know, (laughs) like you're, you're not the only not blind person in the city, okay? Just assume she's heard it already.